Welcome back, y'all, to episode 170 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. In this episode, we will be discussing the recent layoffs in the tech industry and the possible causes behind it. As the economic landscape continues to shift, many companies in the tech sector have been focused to make decisions, difficult decisions, including layoffs. But what exactly is the cause of this downturn? We will be examining the characteristics of a recession and how they may be affecting the tech industry. From high interest rates and inflation to shrinking real wages and a loss of consumer confidence. We will be exploring the various factors that contribute to an economic slowdown. We also will be delving into the National Bureau of Economic Research also known as NIB, definitions of a recession and the various indicators they use to make their determination. We will also discuss the NIB recent findings of the GDP growth in unemployment rates and how these factors may be impacting the tech industry. Join us as we explore the economic climate and the reasons behind the tech and what the future may hold. I'm sure most of you guys have been following the recent layoffs that are happening within the tech online space and kind of what are the contributing factors. Um, You know, you open up any article right now and there's a lot of talk about recession, recession. What is recession proof recessions that are happening and kind of sparking that is just is the recent layoffs. And I have some of the numbers right here. I'm going to go ahead and read it off for you. Spotify lays off 6% of the workforce this January. Google Alphabet lays off 6% of the workforce as well. Microsoft lays off around 4 to 5% in January. Amazon lays off about 1% to 2%. Um, and you have Carta lays off about 10%. You have Coinbase lays off 20 You have DirecTV laying off about 56 You have Salesforce laying off about 10%. You have Vimeo leaving off 11. You have Goldman Sachs laying off 8. You have Compass layoffs. Lay, um, layoffs have not been known. And then you have Stitch. So the point is, is you have a lot of these layoffs happening in the in the beginning of January. And you're kind of seeing these companies steer really close to determining um, if there's a layoff. But if you look at some of these numbers too, I mean, if we look at Google, they laid off about 12,000 job cuts. So that's about 6% of their workforce. And they have about 187,000 people worldwide. So when we kind of look at the different criteria of who Google laid off, they laid off recruiters, corporate staff, which is very vague, and people working on engineering and production teams. Um... I have some thoughts and theories about this, and I'll get into it a little bit more, but kind of putting together the pieces of who got laid off. When you read 12,000 people get laid off, um, you kind of are like, why? Why did this happen? What, 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 what things are going on, and why are we seeing it so consistently throughout the, the tech world? You know, Amazon's cutting about, I think I have numbers like 10,000 to 18,000, but 
you know, they have about 1.7 million employers worldwide. So, I mean, from a percentage, that's a pretty low percentage from from what um, from their employment record. So, just kind of putting those numbers out there to put perspective in kind of how 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 many people these tech companies employ. I mean, Facebook has 50,000 within their layoffs. So it's a lot of people. It's not like a, you know, in sometimes these numbers are substantial. We do know that whenever you have these large amounts of growth and we saw that happening as a result of COVID, a lot of people being at home kind of created this, this e-commerce boom in the tech facility, the tech companies really felt it, you know, and, and it kind of allowed them to hire on. I mean, you kind of look at Amazon did a crazy hiring spree within kind of these moments of COVID and now they're kind of cutting back on that as well. So so there is something to be said about the the impact of COVID and how people were everyone at home and they're purchasing online and everything was being purchased through all these tech these tech startups you look at people spending time on Google, Amazon, etc. and kind of what that leads to. So that kind of leads us into why is there so many of these things happening? Is there really a recession happening? So right now, when we look at the word recession throughout the media, what people really have to understand is forecasted is in front of it. So there's really no indicators for a recession at this moment. I mean, if you look at the GDP, there is consistent growth. If you look at if you look at the labor market, there's a lot of jobs. In fact, there's more jobs than we've than a lot of times we've ever seen you know in a lot of ways they're saying that the labor market you know employment in the country is at an all-time high in a lot of ways so if we're looking at this information it's kind of like where is all of this coming from is there going to be a recession well when we look at an organization called the national bureau of economic research which is a nonprofit organization that has been around since 1924 they're really the ones who call the recession. So I didn't really know it, but they're the ones that dictate, hey, we're on a recession or we're not on a recession. And I kind of want to indicate is how do you define a recession? So this is defined as, this is taken from the NIB site. It says a recession is a period of significant economic decline lasting more than a few months, according to NIB. However, the Bureau relies on more than just one measurement to make sure that a GDP, there's more than just GDP growth. Instead, it looks at the economy as a whole, weighing factors such as real person income, so it's RPI, employment, consumption, real, retail sales, production. And the Nibia also says that it's no, there's no fixed rule about the measurements to contain information to the process of how they weigh or decide in as a recession. In other words, even set of economic conditions is different and there's no specific threshold that must be met before a recession is declared. So with that being said, this is the organization that determines if there's a recession. And they're kind of like, we don't really know what makes a recession, but we know that some of these factors can contribute. And predicting a recession is kind of like predicting a super storm that could potentially throw um like a tornado that has the ability to take a piece of hay and throw it through a wall and determine where that wall would be and the consistency of the wall and the density of the hay and the air velocity of the wind. So that in itself is just kind of a weird tangent. But the point being is it's like it's not so easy to predict a, re predict a recession. 
So a lot of these companies are kind of getting this this thought that there could be a recession occurring. So they're like, let's make cuts. You know, the, and it could potentially be because e-commerce is no longer as hot as it was. We're kind of transitioning into the next year, and there's a lot of economic uncertainty, and we don't really want to be stuck here. So everyone's like, well, if you're cutting, then we're cutting. Well, if you're cutting, then we're going to cut. And they kind of just goes in this whole mindset where if Google's cutting, then we need to cut. And you get situations where Spotify cuts exactly 6% as Google does, but there's no indicator why. And you have this 5 to 10 margin ratio of cuts happening. So the percentage of cuts is really interesting too because if you're looking at NIB, which is the determiner of if a recession is happening, it doesn't seem like anyone's really talking with them. So it's also duly noted that NIB also says, but even if a recession does begin in 2023, it's unlikely we will know anything official for quite a while. So we're kind of getting even them saying that even if we were in a recession, recession, recession right now would be hard to determine it. In the time period of a recession, if we look at kind of historical recessions, I know why I can't say that word tonight. If we look at 1854, the recession spanned for 17 months. If we look at the Great Depression, the length of time, the length of time was 21 months. If we look at um, the average time after the, the recession, potentially in World War II, it was an average of 10 months. Um, this is actually saying that, you know, that endured and a result of World War II brought us out of the, the Great Depression as a result of the growth of GDP. Once a country has experienced GDP growth, this is what keeps you out of the recession, unemployment, labor markets, etc. These are kind of the three the three indicators. Obviously, there's a lot of these are the three keys of multiple indicators that determine if a recession will happen. So if a recession was happening, we are looking at an average amount of time of about 10 to 20 months that could be affected by it. And it's really good to keep that in mind of how things could happen. You know, and, and it looks like what, what they're saying too, and they're also calling for a global recession. Um, now, I don't know how to determine the indicators of a global recession. It's probably GDP, unemployment, et cetera. But they're saying that potentially the United States, but the GDP could fall about 5% in 2023, 0.5% um, points, which is previous the forecast of the weakness performance outside the official recession since 1970. So, as a result of that, too, these, this is the potential projection as to why we could be having a recession. So a lot of different things about production, GDP, labor laws, etc. So we kind of get to a point where now a lot of these tech companies are thinking we need to scale down, trim fat, and go from there. And I do think there's other indicators. And I have about five points that I want to go over that economics, economists, economics, economists, I don't know why, I swear, economists. What I really realize is in this podcast is sometimes I have a tendency to mumble. And when I enunciate words, it's way more difficult for me to do it. So it's a great experience in my ability to um, have better linguistics in English, if you will. Yeah, and we kind of go into these. I just want to double check and make sure we are all tracking. So what causes a recession? High interest rates as well can re, can cause a recession. Real wages, so don't buy much. So depending on what the money is being purchased and wages beginning to shrink, consumers losing money. Um, 
So if we look at the unemployment rate, has decreased by 1.7%, um, which is about 3.5, matching a five-decade low. So we kind of look at some things like that, and those are the key takeaways of what could be happening. So whenever the word recession is called forecasting, the people can't even determine when we're in a recession. So it's just like this weird kind of place to be. So I went ahead and wanted to like give you kind of five reasons why, and I've kind of covered some of them. But the first one is there's just economic uncertainty and companies want to position themselves whether any kind of recession. So because of the economic search, uh, economic uncertainties as a result of COVID, war, global whatever, you know, we're kind of getting to a point where employees are like Google, like in these tech firms, like, you know what, it's time to cut. We just have to make sure, you know, and once one person cuts, everyone does it kind of keeping up with the zone, the Jones. The next one, our lock, lockdowns are lockdowns are over. Okay, I said this before, you know, the impact of e-commerce is not as red hot as it once was. You think about all the stuff you're buying on Facebook, all the crazy things, Amazon, you're having shipped to your house and you're really, really, I mean, I low key tried to start a drop shipping company. And this is kind of a funny story. I actually started a company and people were buying my bikes. So I had a drop shipping company where I was selling fixie bikes and it was doing pretty well, starting to do pretty well. And what happened is like this kid bought a bike and he was living in California and the bike was shipped from China. I eventually got it to him, but the time I had to shut the site down because the shipping times were insane, but that's another story. So number three, protect the stakeholders. A lot of these are publicly traded companies and they always have to put the stakeholders first. So as a result of this, weathering whether or not we're going to go through this economic downturn, they just want to be ready of because we're, we're stuck in forecast mode. We don't know if a big storm's coming, but we want to button down the hatches to make sure. Okay. Point four. All right. A lot of these companies have reached some level of maturity, meaning they hired a bunch of people and they determined that they no longer needed to fill these roles. Okay. So that's a big thing too. And number five is this is from a Stanford um, professor named Joseph Preferi, and he's saying it's called a social contagion, meaning it's like socially everyone's doing it, so they must cut, cut, cut because one company is doing it, it's almost the equivalent of keeping up with the Jones. And another theory I have is they could potentially getting ready for AI. So how they cut down and cut the market and build kind of an AI thing with chat GPT on the horizon. So that's my show for tonight. Thank you guys for listening and we will get back to you tomorrow.